What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Cam. I'm sitting here with my lovely wife, Vicky, and we are your hosts for the show, Everything Is We. Your favorite podcast. Your favorite podcast. With your favorite two people in the whole world. Uh, and we are here to introduce to you two of our favorite people in the world and hopefully there'll be some of your favorite people in three the world. three of our favorite people in three the yes because we can't forget about theo my guy <laughs> my guy well, theo's here today and uh so without further ado <laughs> our fam manny and tia and theo orango orango oh. tango everybody. what's going on family <laughs> orango tango so um i will say this as we as we move forward uh you guys are in for a treat if you don't know you're in for a treat this is this is going to be incredible when we took our break from uh the podcast from season one uh we we definitely said that when we come back for season two we want to have more guests when i had to when we wanted to have deeper conversations we wanted to have more open, honest, transparent, scary conversations about, you know, our lives and, and people that were instrumental in our lives. And our podcast is basically about relationships, not just, you know, uh, romantic relationships, but having healthy relationships, period. And so, yeah, uh, we thought it would be great. Vicky has been excited Literally since Manny did a Instagram live maybe a month or two ago. And that was like a month ago, I think. Like, y'all, she was so excited. She took notes. I didn't take notes. You took notes. And uh screenshots count as notes nowadays. Okay, okay, screenshots. I guess yeah, screenshots. Took notes. And so that's how I take notes. Manny, Tia, Rango, go ahead, introduce yourselves, um, and then just talk a little bit about how we how 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 did this even happen? Like, how do we even know each other? How right. are we even on this podcast together? How do we know each other? How did this happen? I can't. I can't. I actually do not know. Social yo, media. Yo, Social media. I remember actually. Like, I remember the day that Cameron either commented on something that I posted on Instagram, and I was like, I, it was like a fangirl moment. I was like, Cameron Logan knows me. Oh my, oh my god. god, what? <laughs> and I remember like in that same week, like Steven Chandler also commented on something that I posted on Instagram. And I remember because we were living in Mooresville at the time. You was having a good week, huh? And I was like, Yes, yeah, a good week, yo. <laughs> like, how does Cameron even know who I am? Um, and then I just feel like me and Cam just started DMing. Mm -hmm. It's e I I'm I feel like it's easy to get to know me. I, I go deep really quickly, like right away. Mm -hmm. I'm like like deep conversation, no small talk. Let's talk about life. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I think were me and Cam cool before you and Vicky? I think so. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't. I really I don't, really don't I, know. I can't remember. This, this is the problem with these internet friendships, man. <laughs> I think you guys, I think you guys might've been cool before me and Vicky. Probably, probably so. No, because Manny, me and Cam, what I remember, I, I wanted, I wanted Cam to come on that retreat. Right. But even, even before that, Manny, we were gonna get to know each other. Even before that, Manny, we, I remember we were on our, 
anniversary trip, we were in the Dominican. And that's like the first time I ever remember us having like a back and forth DM conversation. Oh yeah. You were really excited. And I was like, I have no idea who you're talking about. I was like, I, mm-hmm. she was, she was going crazy. She was like, what? Cause I was going crazy. <laughs> I was like, yo man, he's hitting me up. Like he, man, he I was like, okay, cool. Awesome. It's like, totally mutual. Like some very confidential information. Like about, you know, the space that like I was feeling like God was kind of pushing me toward. And I was like, uh-huh. why would he send me this? And like, <laughs> we just like, we just started talking. Yeah. And like ever since then, that was 2019. 2020. 2020. Yeah. Probably 2019. Because the retreat was... No, it was 2020. So it was literally right before the pandemic. Yeah, it was right before the yeah, pandemic. Right. Yep, yep, right before the pandemic. But, yeah, yeah. Hey, slowly but surely, like a an, an Instagram relationship turned into an Instagram friendship. And now one of these days we have to, like... We have right, to we meet in person. We still haven't even met in person. That's what's crazy. crazy. But I feel like you guys are close friends of ours, so... Aw, same. You know, we feel the same. Same. And then Tia was gonna supposed she was supposed to come to Chicago with me that time, but blame Tia, she was fake. Oh, were you pregnant? I'm pretty sure I was pregnant, and I was. She was. She was definitely traveling. Oh yeah. It was was after I had traveled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And had a scare. Had a scare, and I was like, I'm staying home. Yeah. So. Okay, we don't blame Tia. No, never mind. Thank you. But yeah, we're we're super excited. We love your podcast. We love your relationship. To be totally honest, we feel like you guys are just super super wise and um, add a lot of valuable content to the millennial marriage space. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think as a generation, we're still trying to figure out how to be married and how to do relationships, and so yep. we're grateful for this content you guys put out. Yeah. Thanks. We appreciate that. We love you guys, which is why we have y'all here, because we feel like y'all also are doing amazing things for the same space. And um, y'all have helped us tremendously, too, which is why we wanted to bring y'all on so we could just, you know, chat. Talk it out. Let's talk it out. Talk it out. Yeah, so we're still figuring out the whole parenting thing. So that's why our son's here with us. (laughs) Listen. We, love we don't it. have like Listen, a babysitter we, on this deck is a yet. Testimony. We're not like advanced. You ain't got to explain a thing. Yeah. <laughs> he's a pretty. He's a pretty good kid. So zooming should, on the sun. He should be good. This whole time. <laughs> so fancy, right? <laughs> All right. So let's go. I guess that was our little intro of how we met. I mean, do you have anything else you want to add before we? I mean, I'm probably gonna, I'm probably going to be like really deep because. <laughs> Like, I'm like, I don't know. Not that I'm emotional, but like, I'm kind. I kind of am emotional Aww, because you? because they came in our lives at a at a pivotal point. Like, like I was going through crazy transition and yeah. like believing God for crazy stuff. Um, we in our marriage, like, especially us being PKs, we always go through seasons where we have a bunch of friends and we think like, oh man, this is lit. This is it. And then, and then they all you know, like, give it some time. And then it's like, you have no friends. And then like, now I feel like God has literally placed people in our lives for like a specific, it was literally after I read the book, Relational Intelligence by Darius Daniels. Wow. Where like God literally started putting like specific people very specific. in my life, like to deal with very specific needs that I had. And that I, that I needed that I didn't know I needed, mm-hmm. you know? So like for Manny, like Manny came in my life where I thought it was going to be like, 
he was going to be like, uh, uh, I'm going to just be real. I thought he was going to be like a ministry friend. Mm. Like, you know, someone, hey, man, this is how you do it. This is what you, hey. And, like, come to find out, like, we were dealing with some of the same things as as a couple. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that, you know, later. So, so yeah, I, y'all came in our lives at a, at a pivotal point. And it's, you know, for me, I always, like, can judge, like, a good relationship and good friendship by, like, if my wife if wifey is down, I'm I'm mad friendly. I can be friends with anybody. That means I don't like nobody. Very, this one. This is so no. It's the same with us. That's like Manny. It's the same yes. with us. I this think, one. I think I really liked Tia because she doesn't like a lot of people like that, you and that's you. that's how I am too. It's like I don't I don't like everybody. So if it's, I like you, I really me like. A while. You. Yeah, yeah. It takes me a minute. It takes yes, it takes a minute, and I I really like that. About Tia, that's why I was like, yes, she she understands. <laughs> she she's using discernment. See, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I appreciate. The I discernment. am friends. Everyone gets a shot with me. Nah, I'm same way. Uh-uh. Everyone gets a shot. Seriously, I love how we balance our men out. That's that is a message in itself. But mm-hmm. <laughs> so sure, yeah, no, so I, really I, I was feeling that. Um, I thought it was gonna be a faith like friendship relationship ended up being deeper. And like, as we can, I'm like, bro, now he's, he's inviting me to this couple's retreat with people I've never met before. And I'm looking at the names on the list and you know, I'm not like a starstruck person. Like, bro, why is he inviting me to this? That didn't work out. He was still like introducing me to people, uh, just crazy stuff. And I'm like, bro, this guy is like incredible. (laughs) Like you don't meet, Black people that are literally like, yeah, willing to put literally you on. putting you on, like, like not even like, yeah, man, I got this young brother that's under me, and I believe that God is calling me <laughs> to be the next generation. Like, no, it was just like, I'm yo, sorry. <laughs> like, yo, this is my, this one of my really good friends. Like, bro, right. he's dope. You should meet him. It was genuine. That's the thing. Like, that's it's it. Genuine. No preacher talk. Like, right. And then, like, you started Arma. I fell in love with Arma. Before Arma was speakeasy, I'm like, bro, this dude is wise beyond his years. Started Arma. I started taking Arma. And my wife, like, started falling in love with biblical knowledge and wanting to know more about And I'm like, okay, God, I see you, dog. And That's really encouraging. That's I mean, so honestly, truly, like, you changed the way that we look at the Bible for real. Like, yes. Literally. Yes. Yo, yeah, that PKs. is mad encouraging. Yeah, because there was a like obviously Tia remembers this moment like halfway through the summer we had serious conversations about stopping Arma. Mm -hmm. Wow, and like you you just never yeah Tia told me not to like you just never know what's going on behind the scenes right so like I don't know the impact that it's really having on people's lives but we genuinely felt like no don't shut it down we chose to not shut it down since the day we made that decision we've doubled twice since then it was like this isn't fruitful we're super frustrated and then it was like we doubled and we doubled again and it's like to hear that it was having an impact before before there were like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people like on the platform is just encouraging because i was like uh we can quit (laughs) we don't have to keep doing this (laughs) like (laughs) no one's gonna make 
me do this because it's just not profitable. I spent a lot of time doing this and seriously, we made the decision not to shut it down. So to hear that it was really, really beneficial. And the thing with networking camp, like I was just being myself. Like I don't believe in an, a scarcity mindset. I believe in an abundance mindset. I believe that there's more than enough of anything that anybody could ever want or desire. There's more than enough. There's enough jobs to go around. There's enough opportunities to go around. There's enough potential spouses to go around. Like, I don't believe that we're playing musical chairs, right? So there's, you know, 10 of us and only nine chairs and we got to compete and fight. Like, I genuinely don't believe that. I believe that there's an abundance of everything. And so to me, to introduce you to someone or to, I don't know, to, to, to live open-handedly, that's second nature, I guess. Like, I'm not even thinking... Oh, that's a special thing. And dude, it's funny because so many, most of my friends are PKs and you don't like PKs help me more than you, you would, you would never get it. Like, I, like dude, I wanted to be a PK my whole life. So <laughs> I don't know um, why you wanted to <laughs> No, Cause I started preaching at 12 and my dad was a crackhead. You know what I'm saying? So when you start preaching at 12 and your dad's on drugs, the the most positive male role model you see is your pastor. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of my pastor's kids were preaching and in ministry. And I was like, dang, man, if I could live with someone who could teach me how to preach, <laughs> that so would be funny. amazing. And who I'm not ashamed of, who's respectable. And my whole life, I have been a David, you know what I'm saying? David don't come from royalty, but I've made friends with Jonathan's. I've made friends with, people whose dad is the king and I've made friends with PKs and I feel like we've had such a healthy friendship, not just me and you, but so many of my friends that are PKs have, you know, helped me to understand ministry in a way that I haven't and vice versa. And I've become a breath of fresh air because I'm first generation. And so it's a, I think in the kingdom, it's a really, really important relationship for PKs and non-PKs to be ministry friends and to be friends because the reality is that my son is going to be a PK. Right. And the way that I'm going to learn how to navigate that is my friendship with you. Yeah. So it's, it's, it becomes very, very reciprocal and yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I could talk for a long time about PKs and, and why I think that the relationship between non-PKs and PKs are just really, really, you know, refreshing and important and mutually beneficial, but wow. that's not what we on here to talk about. Right. No, right. Yeah, that's a whole, <laughs> but yeah. Wow. That's so, that's, that's deep. I didn't even think about it like that. It's like our life is, it's crazy. It really is For sure. it's crazy, but yeah, whole another conversation. It's yeah. very difficult. It's very difficult. And I had to have grace and learn how to, how to, how to have a unique grace for PKs. My friendship early on with some of my first PK friends, I was like, you got to appreciate your dad, man. Like, like you don't know what you got. <laughs> like, this is gold, you know? Um, but yeah, I think it's really, really good because the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's green where you water it. So it's, it's good for someone from the other side, you know, with the grass you think is green to have a conversation with you. And it was vice versa. Mikey Thompson really helped me to love my own father, my biological dad, who, and he was a PK, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's helpful for everyone to be like, yo, <laughs> it's easy to think that, you know, your grass wall is greener than my grass wall. But the reality is that 
there's cameras and lights and to help everybody be sober and, and love what they have. So yeah. Yeah. it's been really good. From one powerful segment to the next. <laughs> right. Because originally we had y'all on. Well, I mean, we're talking about relationships oh, we still. Are. But Absolutely. Um, my first reason to have y'all on here was because Manny was talking about singleness. And we were talking about, you know, the importance of building relationships with people and why people are struggling to have those types of relationships, like strong, healthy relationships. Um, but I also, was this yesterday? I think this was yesterday. I don't know. Tia, Tia was preaching yesterday on, on uh, Instagram. Um, well, re-preaching something she had already preached before she had Theo. And I was like, Ooh, I got to add this in there because it got my gears going. And you know, once I start typing stuff, I, <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. So, um, there's two things we definitely wanted to talk about. Definitely relationship building and tying back to our previous theme that we've been talking about, which is fertility and our struggles with having children. Um, and we wanted you guys to kind of share about that as well. Not necessarily like you don't have to tell your whole story. They can go follow y'all for that. Um, if you want to, you can. You can do whatever you want. But mainly we just wanted to talk about like the faith aspect behind it and how I really wanted to talk about changing perspective because Tia said some really great things about perspective. And I think that's so important um, because it speaks to a lot of different, um, if you're in like in a different phase of your life, it still speaks to that because you have to have that kind of perspective regardless of what you're going through. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, whichever one we want to dive into first. Um, Ooh. So, yeah, you guys, you guys decide which one we're going to dive into oh, first. Y'all okay. decide. Do you have thoughts? Go ahead, babe. No, I, I I brought these to the table. I'm the well, I'm so just the <laughs> so let's let's talk about Tia's post. Okay. Okay. I need to. Pull I was up. hoping you were gonna say fertility first. Okay. Because fertility is gonna make everybody like us, <laughs> and then when I offend people when I talk about singleness, then they'll like me already. So let's right. deposit before we withdraw. Let's yes, let's do the positivity. <laughs> okay, first. I like that. <laughs> well, you just start yelling. <laughs> Wisdom is the principal Manny, thing. Manny can on. yell quick, so we're just gonna we're gonna go soft first, and then. There we go. I love it. As they're holding their miracle. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Okay. What'd you post? Oh, okay. Um, I posted about, so two years ago, which is a, a little bit before we went to go do IVF. It was like four months before that. Wait, what did I post? I posted about perspective. Like, I probably can find it fast because it's, yeah, it's right here. Um, you want me to, I'll just read it. It says, his goodness is not dependent upon his yes. I can't box his goodness into my timeline or my needs. He's just good. That's his character and his nature. Even in the greatest seasons of my life, it'll just be a peek into the fullness of his goodness. He is good. In every sense, in every season, in every high and low, the lows don't negate his goodness. In fact, they teach depth and expose different hues of how good he is. His goodness shines in the darkness if I let it. Um, and that was in the middle of me being like angry that I have to do IVF. Um, cause I wanted it to just be a miraculous pregnancy. I wasn't trying to stab myself 200 times <laughs> and pay $15,000 to have a kid. I was just praying that God would just make it happen naturally. And that wasn't his plan. Um, and I had to, I was just determined, personally determined to believe that God is good, period. And because I kept catching myself being mad and thinking, 
less of God because my situation wasn't what I wanted it to be. Um, and I was checking myself like, yo, who God is, is not dependent upon me Yep. and what I want. He, he told me who he is in his word and he said he's good. Yep. And that's it, you know? Um, and it was, it was me writing in faith and also challenging myself and believing it, um, through frustration and tears that, yo, God is good. And even if this never happens, I'm going to believe he's good because I'm not going to lose like the battle of infertility and lose my faith. Mm-hmm. Mm. One's going to, one's going to stay intact. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So yeah, I was just determined to believe he's good. Yeah. That's so good. I I read that and I was like, that is literally like the realization I came to like a year ago where I was like facing like this moment where it's like either you are just going to believe this is going to happen or you just going to stay mad forever because you can't like you can't keep going back and forth like, oh, being sad. And then also like, well, I still believe like, no, you don't. You said like decide what you're going to do, fam. Like <laughs> I had to literally make a decision because we were coming up on Cam's 30th birthday and I was like, man, listen, if it don't happen, God is still good anyways. I just, I gave up at that point. I was like, I'm tired of thinking like, okay, he's going to do it now. He's going to do it now. He's going to do it now. And then like judging whether or not God is good based on how it happens, when it happens. And then I'm like, I have to change my perspective because there's no way that I'm just, I'm going through all of this and that makes God less good. That doesn't make any sense. Like in my head, it was just like not making logical sense for me to feel the way I was feeling. So I was like, you know what? God is good anyway. And I had to literally just shift my perspective. And the other way I was able to shift my perspective is that I thought about it like, obviously if God gave me the desire to have children, if he gave me the desire to be, to want to be married, if he gave me the desire to want to live a healthy and whole life, that that's what he wants for me. So why would I think that just because I don't have it yet, that means that he doesn't want that for me or that he's not good enough to give me that. Like God is like, chill. Like I want you to have this. So I'm going to give it to you when it's time and you don't have to worry about it. So I had to, at that moment, I was like, okay, I changed my perspective. And I was like, God is still good anyways. He's doing this to get the glory. Anyway, this is, these are the children that I'm going to have are not even mine. Like they're his children anyway. Yeah. It's just my responsibility to have them and take care of them. But this is all God's plan. So I don't know why I'm getting so like, I guess, entitled and yes, feeling like. That, that's the word. It, it, it was entitled. It was an entitlement feeling. And I think we, we grow up like believing in this like genie God thinking that we are supposed to get certain things at a certain time because that's what he wants. But I'm like, it it can't just be all about me. Like it's, it can't be. Yeah. I had to, I had to change my perspective. Get some claps on that. (laughs) Thank you. I love it. And you find yourself also checking yourself kind of like you think you're more deserving because of the life you live, you know? Right. Like, oh, I have a husband. I live for God. Why would, why wouldn't he give me a baby? And it's like, wait, I'm being extremely prideful right now. And God is not a respecter of persons. Yep. And 
I don't know, just like constantly being aware of my thoughts, like the the depth of my thoughts, the ugly thoughts and offering them up to God. Like, hey, God, this is what I'm thinking of you right now. Hmm. And I need you. I need you to help me. And I remember us having that conversation, like Tia processing and saying, because of like who we are and what we've done, like we should be parents. And I remember coming back and saying, well, that's exactly why the enemy doesn't want us to be parents. Right. These same things that we think earn us parenthood are the exact reason that the enemy is opposing us being parents for, for a season when I was still living in Boston, I was working at the department of child protective services. So like, I mean, one of the most depressing jobs I've ever had because you'd go into a house and it's like 11 year old kid is drinking alcohol out of the fridge. Cause his parents are just either, you know, are either alcoholic, sometimes just working nonstop, for whatever reason, like kids are either in neglect or in abusive situations. And we would go into homes and it would be like, I kid you not, six kids, seven kids, eight kids, nine kids. And I remember this is back when I realized that the words in Hebrew for be fruit, for fruitful and multiply are not the same words. And that we had to make a decision not to just multiply because we were focused on multiplying. We wanted more Orangos, but the goal was to be fruitful. And we were fruitful before we were ever fertile, like just fruitful. And the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Like we know what fruitfulness looks like. And I remember there were distinct moments where Tia was like braiding girls' hair, like braiding our friend's daughter's hair or planning for our friends baby baby showers or running mother's day for the entire church and i remember standing back and going we've won the battle of fruitful because the enemy wants us to be spiteful bitter he wants us to be bitter he wants us to be comparing you know i'm saying and the reality is that the enemy wants people to multiply before they're fruitful that is his goal. The enemy's not attacking p- people who serve his agenda with infertility. Are you kidding me? Every time we were at a fertility clinic, the people who were in the waiting room were Christians, yep. leaders, pastors, upstanding citizens, <laughs> like people who are making a positive contribution to society because the enemy will. And I remember you being really like personally like, I can't believe this. Because there was a family member that we have that we're like, she pregnant again? Are you serious? Like, she don't take care of none of her kids. Like, you know what I'm saying? Bruh. I'm not gonna say this person's name, but, you know. But I remember you looking at your phone and getting the notification like they're pregnant again, and just rolling your eyes, and me saying, "Well, babe, like, the enemy does not need to attack." craziness with infertility he wants craziness to multiply he wants dysfunction to multiply he wants anything that is toxic to multiply what he doesn't want to multiply is fruitfulness yeah and he wants people who are very unfruitful to multiply and he wants to keep fruitful people from multiplying when i realized that 
that that was the spiritual dynamic of what was going on. That helped me with the entitlement. It helped. It helped all of that. Those feelings of like, you know, because entitlement's pride. It's it's I deserve this. Look at what I've done. It's Where, almost like you stopped pointing your finger at God or shaking your finger at God and like, OK, pointing your finger at the enemy. Like, exactly. Okay, exactly. I see. One hundred percent. Right. My dialogue with God is I was saying we deserve children. And God was saying, no, your good works have made you eligible for this fight. You don't deserve children. You deserve this fight mm. because God says about Job to the enemy. Have you considered Job though? Mm -hmm. God brings up Job. That's yeah. the point where I'm like, nah, God, keep my name out your mouth. Like, 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 come on. Nah, why you gotta, I don't want no why you gotta battles. recommend me for battles? Yo, what's <laughs> right, going on? Right, like I asked for this. <laughs> Yo, I was good. And so taking, cause sometimes our thoughts and our feelings it's not that they're wrong. They're just incomplete. Yeah. And we have to go, okay, how do I take these thoughts and these feelings and process them to their complete, to, to their completion so that I can, I don't know. So they can become fuel for my prayer life and fuel for the fight and fuel. Yeah. But I was like, ah, ah, the devil's a liar. Mm -hmm. We going to have kids. Mm -hmm. We going to have kids, man. You certainly was holding my arms up. Cause I was, I was getting tired. It was vice versa because after our miscarriage, we miraculously got pregnant. Right. I remember Cam was one of the first people I told we miraculously got pregnant mm -hmm. and then we lost the baby. We had a miscarriage. And when we lost that miscarriage, when we lost that baby, yo, I was angry, angry. David prayers and precatory Psalms. Like <laughs> such a nerd. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, after that happened, I, t for 24 hours, y'all, I'm not even going to hold you. I'm not even going to lie. I was like, Islam is looking kind of good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I can't do this no more. That is, Buddhism sounds really great right now. <laughs> it sounded good. You know, in, you know, after 24 hours, I came back to my senses and I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to do IVF again. Yeah. Yeah. That was the. I don't know, switch. man. That was the switch. Like yeah. at that point, because I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? We just emptied our savings account. Okay, number one, we just spent all of our money. And I was saying at that point, I cannot believe that we miraculously got pregnant and then God couldn't keep a baby's heart beating. Like what in the world? Like, I mean, I was angry. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I would have rather never have gotten pregnant. Yeah. Tia. Okay. Saint Tia over here. Okay. <laughs> Show you Tia. Woman. Okay. This is Tia said, I'm grateful that we even ever got pregnant. I cherish the six or seven weeks that I got to spend as a pregnant woman. And I remember looking at Tia's face and going, Oh yeah, who is this? Who is this? <laughs> right? Not not because you've never said things like that before. You're a very deep person and you love the Lord. But it was just kind of like, "Oh, you're challenging me wallowing in my pain." Cuz I just want to wallow in pain and I threw myself into working, mm -hmm. which is how a lot of men mourn. That's how a lot of men grieve. Is we just throw ourselves into work and distract ourselves. 
And I realized at that moment, that was like around my birthday. The miscarriage was like in March, April. March. March. And then my birthday is July. By the time my birthday rolled around, Tia wanted to like record a YouTube video. And I was like, why? And I realized that Tia had actually processed. And instead of distracting herself with work and projects, she actually sat with her feelings and she processed them. And I had not. And so at that point, I processed the way that I, I processed in the way that I knew how, and I did a 40 day fast. Mm. And, and I figured out in that season that Jesus says to his, to, to really his haters, he says, you know, the disciples right now, they're not fasting, they're feasting because the bridegroom is with them, but there will come a day where they will fast. And I realized in that verse that fasting was attached to mourning, that fasting helps you to grieve. And I'd not grieve the loss of that first baby. And um, that 40-day fast set me up so that when the when we did IVF again, I felt like we were, like, on the same page. Mm-hmm. Like, equally strong. It felt like we were going into a battle together. Mm-hmm. Like, neither of us was dragging the other person along, right? Like, we were both very... I don't know. I just felt like our faith was on both on 100, like, when we did... IVF the second time, which was necessary because there were so many complications the second time that we did it. But that's kind of that's getting into a lot of our story. Yeah, we talking a lot. Sorry. okay, (laughs) it's okay. No, that's that's so good. That's so good. A lot of times. Like we as married couples go through this battle and there's like a slight assumption that it's the woman Mm. that has exactly and. Really, it's a 50-50 like chance. Like exactly, the world exactly. looks at it like, oh, what, what? Even and here I go. Even in church culture, you know, the prophet would come to the church and prophesy on the woman. Yep, mm-hmm. for God sure. Is about to command you to blah 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 for and sure. blah blah blah. And like whole time, like it could be, it could have, it could have been me the whole time. And in for your sure. case, like I'll let you talk about your case. Yeah, I had male factor infertility. So here's even how we knew that, well, we we came to this realization. I think I came to it first. Then I remember the conversation where Tia came around. So the reason that I knew that IVF was what the Lord genuinely wanted us to do, like this was like a God-ordained thing, is because the first time we went to get checked, a normal sperm counts 40 million 40 million. I had 12. Now, this is the point where I always say not 12 million. 12. Okay. 12. 10 plus 2. 12 disciples. Okay. A dozen. A dozen. Okay. 12. Wow. Wow. I had 12 sperm in normals 40 million. Not 1,200, not 12,000, not 12 million, just 12. Jesus. I went to. We didn't even qualify. We didn't qualify for IVF. Really? We, our doctor was saying, no, it would be like, too high of a risk. You would waste money. You wouldn't even get pregnant. Yeah, this, no was, this wow. was Dr. Walmer at Atlantic Reproductive. And I remember sitting in his office, and I was like, there's nothing we can do? And he had introduced the thought of ICSI, but he was saying, even then, it's risky because 12 is just so low. So I went to New York. I went to um chris durso's church william mcdowell was preaching 
And my man starts preaching on Hannah and Penina. He starts preaching on a barren woman. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, I'm a barren man. This sermon is for me. And I mean, at the end of that sermon, I was in tears. And he kept um, sharing miracle stories. People getting up out of walkers, getting out of wheelchairs. Like he's just talking about the culture of his church. Man, I'm just like, God, I need you to do a miracle. The next week we go back to the doctor and my sperm count for no reason goes from 12 sperm to half a million. Wow. Okay. So at that point, I'm like, wait a second. God could have made it go. If God can make it go from 12 to a half a million, <laughs> God could have made it go to 20 million. He could have made it go to 30 million. He could get, he could make it go to 40 million. And so Dr. Walmer, I remember this man said we had to check the specimen multiple times because we thought that maybe we switched up two patients um, yeah. sperm collections yeah. like it was that drastic from 12 to half a million. And and what happened is that we were ineligible for IVF. And then miraculously, God raised my sperm count so that we were eligible for IVF. Wow. And at that point, I knew, I knew we're going to do IVF, but I had to walk with patience with Tia. And one of the things that I'm so grateful for, because this is out of character for me, right? I'm a goer. I'm like, like, I want to make things happen. Yeah. I did not pressure, force, or like make Tia do IVF. I wanted IVF to be our decision. So it's funny that like the theme of the podcast is everything is we, because I remember one time pastor Andy called us and I remember pastor Andy asking Tia, if you were the one who was infertile, would you take the shots? Would you do the shots? Mm -hmm. And Tia was like, I was like, of course, of course. And PA then said, well, you are the one who's infertile because you're one. You and Manny are one. Everything is you are the one who's infertile. And I think we were already going to do IVF. Like our conversations had gotten there. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that conversation with Pastor Andy kind of pushed us over the ledge and made us go, yeah, we are. Like, number one, as someone who wants to protect Tia from random people laying hands on her and... <laughs> Touching her womb, oh my God. which is mad weird. And so weird. I hate that. Oh, my gosh. We mad had, weird. It happens so much. Mad <laughs> weird. I want it to be like, yeah, it's me. I'm the one that's infertile to protect her. Please, so her. people can touch your womb because. No, yo. <laughs> Manny would say, you want to. You want to lay hands on me? Lay hands on him, please. Because. Yep. Yep. I'm an eight on the Enneagram. So I'm like, you want to touch me, bro? You can lay, you, go you ahead. Can lay hands on me. Because that's mad weird, yo. You want to touch so my wife's weird. uterus in church? Like, what's going on, man? People feel like they gotta touch you. Like, you don't gotta touch me. I don't know, Bible but I think Kim, that there's a no that there's a um, stigma when it comes to fertility and women, yeah. because that's the perspective that the Bible is written from, right? 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 The biblical none of the biblical stories they are not aware that fertility can even be a male thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so because we all. We 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 preach scripture without preaching the culture of scripture. Yep. Right. So, it, but the same happens in dating, which is actually a pretty nice segue. That's a good segue because we love to quote verses 
without taking into consideration the culture of the Bible, that culture being arranged marriage, yep. that culture being right. women being property, that culture being the average woman getting married is 13, 14, 15 to yep. a man who's 30. So Jacob married his cousin. I mean, I yo, mean, was, we're talking clear. polygamy. Okay. So I, I'm very like, when we start lifting Bible verses out of the Bible to apply them to dating, we have to then realize there was no such thing as dating in the Bible. There wasn't. So was we up. have to be careful. Absolutely. I'm going to work 14 years and you're going to give me that girl that I'm on. <laughs> right. I'm going to work and then you're going to give me her and we're going to be married. And like, that's it. And, and if you give me the wrong one, I'm not going to know, which is always baffles me. Like Jacob, how do you sleep with Leah and not know that it's Leah? <laughs> like, the next day? Don't even see? get me started on what I think about that story. <laughs> Bro. It's so weird because it's like, how could you not know that that was not the person you asked this? You, with your eyes closed. Did they have sex with their eyes closed in the Bible? Must've been dark. Well, I mean, there's no electricity. Oh, well, true. She wore a veil. Oh, okay. There's no true. electricity. Well, in that's the true because virgins did. So the, when virgins, that's this. That's whole nother. That's thing. a whole, whole nother. Whole nother thing. Whole nother I just thing. need. To, okay. Okay. Bring us back. Bring us back, Lord. Bring us back. Yes. <laughs> yes. But back to the. <laughs> Bring us back. That's. But I. But I love this because um, it's like, but Manny talks a lot about nuances and how because I feel like we've been taught a black and white version of the Bible, and um, a lot of times we try to apply what we know to modern day and don't interpret it correctly. Mm -hmm. um, and even, even with the, with the IVF, a lot of people ask me for my perspective on it because they want to know if it's actually okay for Christians to do IVF in the first place, because they feel like some people really feel like that's not faith. If right. you use wow. science, they feel like, well, wild. you're, you, you're put taking matters into your own hands. That's, you can't do that. And I feel like you we need have a heart transplant. But but exactly. some people no but seriously some people believe yeah, right. that you can't have a heart some people believe that certain this surgeries you can't get because true. you're not having faith you should allow God to heal you that's true it, it's that true. extreme it's that extreme me so, where me and Tia grew up Christian scientists are big mm -hmm. and you would think that they like science but they actually don't and there have been multiple court cases where the state of Massachusetts has taken people's children wow because a kid will get diagnosed with cancer. The parents will say, no, based on our religious beliefs, they cannot get chemo. And the state actually steps in and says, well, we're going to give them chemo. I mean, it's wild. It gets it gets wild. Yeah. I mean, there are people true. who believe I, I, in no medical treatment. I know people personally who have said things like that. Like, if God doesn't heal me, then it's my time to go. If God doesn't yeah. do it, then it's not for me. And, you know, I feel like we don't in modern day, we have to apply faith and biblical knowledge to like getting to actually know what God really said about something <laughs> instead of just what we've grown up hearing or like, you know, what people have preached to us before based on what they believe, you know? And it's right. not and necessarily God, like actually what God is. Like God can use anything. If right. if he couldn't use it, anything, he wouldn't be God. So yeah. why would and we there, even doubt no that he can carry on IVF in the Bible? Right. And, and it didn't exist. It didn't exist. Give, who do we give credit for in terms of the intelligence of doctors right what who do we credit for that right that's not god i don't yeah i don't understand of I, course I, we would say of course it's god well I, and I my biblical conclusion would be it's god god uses man as the vehicle absolutely to to bless people and like i 
this just how, what I believe. That's what we talk about on this podcast. That God uses people. You'll get favor with God and man. Like, how else would you get favor from man if God does not use them? Give it to them. So, all right, right. That's right. just you know. That's just that's just how I believe. So it's. I think that was so important for you to talk about that because when we did our infertility episode, which is the most transparent episode that we've ever done, um, it was great for both of us. Even though we had talked about it, I, we're living through it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, we're still yeah. living through it. And a lot you of know, people think that's weird that we even talked about before we got pregnant. Well, because I, we, we did the same thing. But, I, but, but the reason why I wanted y'all on here is because y'all did the same thing. That's another reason why. And I, I liked that because I remember watching that video after y'all had the miscarriage. And I was like, I love that Tia didn't cry. I don't know why that, <laughs> that made me. Because it, you were speaking from such a, like, I don't know, like a positive place. Usually when you watch fertility videos of people who are still going through it they're crying and they're you know and it's like that's not encouraging to me mm -hmm. i'm like i i don't you know i want i want to see a new perspective and they gave me a new perspective when i watched y'all's video yeah uh, shout out to tia the goat shout out to tia the goat man no, i always, I always believe yeah i always believe that like people like tia and vicky which i believe they're very similar we haven't met you guys in person but like i just believe you guys are very very similar there is a depth to you guys that people don't get to see because they like my wife. I don't know about Tia, but my wife can come off like hard. Like I don't like, care. Like, like she can have, you know, as they say, the RBF. Yeah. And people look at her and like, oh. <laughs> resting like like literally like I'll preach somewhere and leave and I'll get texts like, hey, man, is Vicky good? Yeah, bro. She's she's yeah, super I just happy. wanted to go sit in the car. She I just that's just how she is like. <laughs> I'm going to talk to everyone at the church. She's going to go sit in the car and wait for me. Like, it's just, she good, bro. I'm ready to eat. I'm hungry. And people, people take that side of her and think that she's not spiritual and she's not deep and she doesn't think deeply and she doesn't critically think and, and mm -hmm. have a personal relationship with God. And it's like, no, like when she speaks, you, you're going to be blown away because like this girl, she be thinking, you know what I'm saying? Let like, me put that in another, in other words for you, Cam. Because she doesn't fit into their stereotype of spirituality. Because I don't meet the expectations. Yeah. It, it, people create, and this is just church. Mm -hmm. This is what it is. Religious movements, including church, creates a mold of something we can then recognize. Yep. Yeah. So what, yep. if you don't talk a certain way or speak a certain way or hoop a certain way or holler a certain way or whatever that way is that people are used to encountering God, pastors, preachers, pastors, wives, ministry, whatever. If you don't fit into that stereotype, now you're it's it's whatever. I have to judge it because it doesn't fit my right expectation. But the reality is that yes, I don't know. And that's what we were talking. God about. likes breaking the mold. That's what we were talking about last episode. Is we have to manage our expectations of people because I feel like a lot of people go into relationships thinking somebody is going to be one way. And get upset, get their feelings hurt when they're not. And it makes it hard for you to have organic relationships with people when you're just like assuming they're supposed to be a certain way or assuming they're supposed to say this or act this way or like. Um, it's fantasy thinking. It's fan Right. They fantasize relationships. And that's a good segue too into <laughs> talking it's about an amazing segue. dating because this is what people do. And, and it's so stressful when I hear all these people who are like, asking me how to date like how to be christian singles how Ooh. what what should yeah. i do while i'm how should i be preparing how should i make myself more 
I don't know, attractive or, you know what I mean? I, I feel like people think there's an expectation of what they should be like and what the person that they're going to be with should be like. So they easily recognize them and know this is my, God is going to come down and tell me this is it. This is my husband. This is my, you know, and it's like, you're taking all of the fun out of just getting to know somebody. And that's really irritating to me. Like just, can you just be friends with somebody first? I really, I harp on the friendship thing because I feel like people make, they make it such a like super spiritual, super. Yes. And they over spiritualize just getting to know people and having a relationship with them because they trying to be a spouse. I saw him grab the mic and I just knew. <laughs> I just love that he prayed. <laughs> I just, I just knew he, oh, he was boy. a Did you watch at that? the church. You watched that reel that I posted that I was like, ew, it was like how, how Christians be yeah, on the Christian phone. Flirt. Oh my God. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I was reading through numbers and I realized I didn't have yours. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that. Like, please. So, so Manny, you did, you did a live. Yes. And you stepped on a lot of toes and people were literally offended. They were offended. I loved all the toes. I I couldn't watch it. Tia cringes when I go on rants on Instagram. I love When I go live, when I start saying things that rattle the cage. It stresses me out. It stresses you out. (laughs) No, but the other thing that I love is because Manny is so like in your face. I'm going to say what ruffles feathers and makes people uncomfortable. But then Tia is like, I'm not speaking on relationships at all. I'm not giving relationship <laughs> advice at all. Y'all already heard enough. You know what to do. You know what to do. You know how to do this. Like, I'm not, I'm not giving any relationship advice. No. And I'm like, oh, I need, the, I need them on the podcast because oh. I just love this. Because sometimes I go through comments and questions <laughs> that people ask and I'm like, why would you act like not that people are slow, but it's just like some things I feel like you should you shouldn't have to think so hard about that. Like maybe it's just Ooh. me, but I'd be feeling like Tia sometimes like I don't want to give no more relationship advice because it's I already number one. Want. So many people out here who have completely exploited single mm-hmm. people to yeah. the point where they're feeding them all oh. kinds of lies to make money. Wow. And y'all paying for their conferences wow. and stuff. And, and I want y'all to stop. Is trash. And they get divorced five years later. So I, I really don't have time wow. for that. And that's why that's another reason why I wanted to kind of like I was like scared to do this podcast. I'm like, I don't want to be one of them people who have, you know, the platform and Who's just predatory be, upon yes, single people. It's predatory. It's very predatory. Wow. Wow. And I feel like it's not fair. I've honestly. never heard it put that way, actually. No, that's facts. That's yeah. facts. It's so facts. That is facts. And it irritates me. But then it was that that was also one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast. Because I'm like, people need to see that it's so not this corny. Um, like loving somebody and being married to them is actually really not all of these like five steps that people make it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's genuine. It, it needs to be genuine. So, yeah. So, so, anyway, so go ahead. So, Manny, I want you to give us. Some some nuggets. I'm so mad at y'all for this. Oh boy! And Tia has to be here while I do it. This is great. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Okay, I can say two things. I can say two things. Okay. Okay. I'll put the camera just on me. So. (laughs) Tia's like, I'm not a part of this. Okay. Here's the first thing. Let's separate what God can do, and what God likes to do. Mm Hmm. So God's what's possible versus what's preferable. We know what God's preferences are because we have a Bible. We have a whole book where God begins to reveal to us what his MO is. What are the things that he does over and over and over again? Can he speak through a donkey? Yes, he can. 
but he'd much rather speak through a pastor than a donkey because we have, we know in scripture, yeah, we have way more moments where God speaks through a prophet or a pastor than through Balaam's donkey. So can God tell someone who their spouse will be? Yes. Yes. That can happen. And that does happen. That actually happened with me and Tia. God revealed to Tia years before we ever got married that I was going to be her husband. Now, here's what I always love to tell people. Tia did not tell me that information until we were married. And here's the thing that's probably going to like make people a little upset. I believe, okay, I'm not even going to say this is the word of God or anything. This is my opinion from what I've observed. That I think that if you say things like, God told me you're my wife, or God told me you're my husband, it does two things. Number one, is it it's spiritually manipulative. Absolutely. That's, that's just number one. Absolutely. Because now, what is my response to this? If I say, no, but I don't like you, <laughs> now I'm what? I'm sinning against the will of God? What? Right. It is so manipulative it's using spiritual language in a way that i would actually say is spiritually manipulative and two it lacks self-confidence people should be married because they love each other like each other get along have a friendship right not just because now that doesn't mean because what people hear when i say that is so we shouldn't involve god we don't need to seek god's will and i go we've created a false dichotomy that doesn't have to exist these things are not mutually exclusive right just because i'm using my free will does not also mean that god's not sovereign and in control i want god to be sovereign and in control but god has also given me medicine intelligence a mind desires eyeballs Tastes, (laughs) Tastes, <laughs> likes, dislikes, turn-ons, turn-offs, preferences. Uh, preferences. And I think that when we make statements like God tells people who to marry, what we think, the next logical conclusion is that there's only one person for you. Right? If God's out here assigning spouses, then we have to then start to think, so who's assigning Muslims to one another? Who's assigning heathens right. to one another? Who, If God is the one that's giving people spouses, uh, it's, a whole a lot lot of, it's a whole lot of spouses out here today. It's a whole lot of people yeah, out how here they get together? who are married. And I go, I don't think that God's doing this. I think humans are doing this. I think that if we read the book of Proverbs, What the book of Proverbs is telling us, the reason that the book of Proverbs ends in chapter 31 with the wife of noble character. Now, I'm going to say from a hermeneutical interpretive standpoint, I don't believe that this is a literal woman being talked about. I believe that the woman in Proverbs 31 is wisdom. In the entire book of Proverbs, Solomon is saying, marry wisdom. It's in Proverbs chapter eight, lady wisdom is personified. And then Proverbs chapter nine, lady folly is personified. So throughout the whole book, there's lady folly who's trying to seduce people into foolishness. And there's lady wisdom trying to persuade people to live a life of wisdom. And what we see in Proverbs 31 is that 
when you marry wisdom, you will then attract a spouse that will that will actually f- fulfill all of these things as a part of life. Yep. Which means that Proverbs thirty one can be can be uh, applied to men and women. Right. It's about it's about making wisdom my spouse before I get married to another person. The ultimate test. And this is the pressure we don't want. This is why we have the theology we have. Our theology makes us comfortable. But here's the reality. The person you choose to be with, the person you choose to marry is the ultimate proof of whether or not you're wise. Yep. We want, we want the person (laughs) that we marry, we want to blame it on God. Absolutely. See, God gave me this person. It takes the responsibility off you. Yep. It takes the responsibility off me. That's good, Pastor. And puts it on God. Babe, is that good? That's good, Pastor. Come on. Come on, on. Tia. (laughs) That's so true, though. The choice, the element of choice. I talk about this. Element of choice. True wisdom. There's no other test of wisdom besides can you choose who to marry? And I'm sorry, but God's not going to take that away from you. Nope. Mm. He wants to test you to see whether or not you can choose a spouse with his direction, with his word, with his guidance, but also with his spirit and with his discernment and your likes. Because there is no, there's very, very objective truth on who's a good wife or a bad wife or a good husband or a bad husband. There's no such thing as a good husband or a bad wife. There's a good mate for Tia and a good person for Manny. There are some women who would hate being married to me. That's That's the reality. There's There's no, I can't just objectively say, no, I'm a good dude. Well, I mean, (laughs) no, I'm a good dude for Tia. Yep. Therefore, the test of whether or not Tia has wisdom the test of whether or not I have wisdom is do I know what's good for me? Do I know the best thing for my future and for me? And am I humble enough to listen to pastors and to listen to my parents and to listen to my friends? All of these things culminate into wisdom. Wisdom is not one thing. Wisdom is taking all of these things. What do I know about the word? What do I know about God? What do I know about myself? What do I know about where I want to be in the future? What are my pastors saying to me? How do I take wise counsel and add it all together? The ultimate test of wisdom is whether or not you can choose a spouse. God's wise. We're not testing whether or not God (laughs) can pick a spouse for you. (laughs) God knows. He's omniscient. God's not the one on the stand today. You are. You're on the stand. Yep. Have at 25, at 30, at whatever age you are, have you attained enough wisdom in your life to be able to rightfully divide between mm, they're going to ruin my life, <laughs> they look good, but they're not good for me, or no, this is the person that I should spend the rest of my life with. And, it's a and if that- you're wrong about that, that says something about you. It doesn't say nothing about God. That- Pause right there. Pause right there. Pause right there. Pause right there. I want to I want to bring up something here in what you said. Okay? I was watching some relationship experts do a TED talk. She was saying that the reason why it's so difficult for people to form uh formidable relationships is because people wait 
until like premarital counseling. Mm-hmm. And she was like, it's actually too late then because what happens when the pastor or the marriage counselor says y'all can't work together. Like exactly. This, this ain't going to work y'all because you chose wrong. Yes. Yep. Yes. And now what you're, what you're saying, you you're actually bringing scripture to a worldview that some of these marriage counts, they didn't necessarily say they were saved, but, right. but when I, when she said what she said, I was like, that's actually powerful because I just know in our church several times when my parents were like, they would come home and they're like, yeah, they're not going to work. And I'm like, well, 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 like they, he didn't already bought the ring and like every, exactly. And they're like, listen, in yeah. next session, they would tell him y'all not going to work. Yeah. And they'd be like, what, what? They would go off, get married anyway. And they didn't work five, six, seven years later. Of course. Yeah. Of course, because you because chose wrong. we think that prayer or and I'm not saying those things are not important. Me and Tia pray. I prayed before I asked her to marry me, but, but it, I, it works in tandem. But it works like in tandem. Exactly. Wisdom. Yes, <laughs> exactly. The same. We prayed before we did IVF. We still did IVF. Still had to go find a doctor. Still had to get the shots. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you still I have think to do that, the work. We, and I don't want to get too nerdy, but the worldview that we have, the worldview is actually not biblical. It's Greek. It's Platonic. Plato created a worldview where the physical world is bad, evil, wrong, and the spiritual world is pure and good. And what happens is the church has adopted this worldview that's nowhere to be found in the Bible. And especially in a in in Pentecostal context and in black contexts. So if you're black and Pentecostal, you got this double bad. So I'm sorry. <laughs> because some uh, because the roots of African American religious experience in America is bound up in slavery, enslaved people created an escapist theology. So if you look at Negro spirituals, they are not just talking about the north as in Canada or above the Mason Dixon line. But they're also talking about heaven. heaven. Yep. And if your life is this <laughs> bad on earth, of course you want to go right, to heaven. Right. So we have now, and then Pentecostals, you know, a hyper-spiritual religious experience. You know, which Pentecostal people want to go to heaven with their clothes on. You know what I'm saying? It's very <laughs> like, you know, and I like to remind people, well, the Bible is very earthy and carnal. And you can't read the book of Song of Songs and conclude this is about Jesus in the church. Well, that's actually pretty disgusting. Actually, that's gross. <laughs> if if we conclude that this entire book of the Bible is about Jesus in the church, then Jesus is doing some nasty things with the church. And <laughs> Jesus actually, didn't have multiple breasts. And- <laughs> yeah, like, but think about it. We're so uncomfortable with humanity. Mm. Yep. We're mm. that uncomfortable with humanity that we'd rather spiritualize a book that's about oral sex orgasms and fluids flowing it that's a book of the bible that's literally about pleasure and marital sex we want to spiritualize it allegorize it and just make it about jesus in the church and think yep that's great and the reality is that the only people who even accept that interpretation are women women are the only people who are like yes jesus loves me the men in the church are like this is weird uh, <laughs> this is just weird and this is why most of our churches are 80 percent female but that's Come a on. whole other it's a whole Come nother on. conversation altogether. but well w- when we talk about 
humanity, humanity, we are typically uncomfortable with humanity. Yep. And, and, and we have made sinfulness and humanness synonymous. We think that anything that's human is fleshly and carnal and therefore a part of our sinful nature. But the reality is that God wants to redeem all of you. He wants to redeem your spirit, your mind, your body, your soul. He wants a whole you. I'm not offering God my spirit. I'm offering him all of me as a living sacrifice. And I'm saying, God, I want you to have my sex life. I want you to redeem my, my, my body, my thoughts, all of me. I'm not compartmentalizing because if I compartmentalize, then I'm actually only offering God the compartments that I think are desirable to him. But he wants all of us. So we're very uncomfortable with humanity. We just are, which then makes us uncomfortable with sexuality. And yep. it makes us uncomfortable with free will. Right. Because people will say, well, I use my free will and I made bad decisions the ch now. But now the pendulum swings. If you've used your free will and you've made bad decisions, the response is not to now let God make all your decisions. The, the response is to co-labor with Christ. Right. That's the response is to allow the Holy Spirit to make you wise. Yeah. Yes. What? The, <laughs> if, if you have done it your own way and it has not worked. And now you've thought to yourself, man, I'm bad at relationships. The solution to that is not to give it to God. God don't need a spouse. God don't need this. <laughs> <laughs> the goal is to partner with him so that he can make you wise. He, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let me say one more thing. Okay. There's another wrinkle that I'm going to throw at everybody. Okay. Wrinkle it. We, we've got some hand claps and stuff like that in the <laughs> in, chat. So, yeah. In church, it's very popular to say things like, I'm dependent on God. Dependent. What, and I think we say that, and I think there's a difference between what we mean and what we're saying. What we're saying is, I need God, and I'm acknowledging my need for him. But the reality is that no good parent wants dependence forever. No good parent wants you to be dependent upon them forever. God actually wants an interdependent relationship with you. Mm -hmm. He wants to have a relationship where he's sustaining your life, but that you have enough wisdom to make some decisions for yourself. That's a healthy parenting relationship right now. Okay. This little kid is completely dependent upon us. Yeah. He's dependent upon us. He cannot survive without this woman mainly. <laughs> it's 70% you 30% me he cannot survive without us if he were 18 and we still had a bottle <laughs> if this little joker was 17 years old time to get a license time to drive himself and we're still bottle feeding him you would say y'all are weird parents okay mm -hmm. god is a parent we like to have a baby to mom relationship with God for our whole spiritual journey. And it. at some point, God weans us off, off the, milk. the milk. And yes. he says, it's time for you to feed yourself. Yes. It's time for you to choose some things for yourself. It's time for you to have free will. It's time for you to go through some battles and some fights and some trials and some tribulations. It's time for you to be mature. Yep. That doesn't mean that we are no longer dependent upon him yeah. It means that we have an interdependent relationship where he sustains my life, but I have to choose some wisdom. And Theo wants to talk. Hey, buddy. We don't mind. You hear this guy? 
No. Good yeah. job, Theo. All right. He may be pooping. We don't know. <laughs> so okay, I hope that doesn't step on the toes. No, that was that was that was very much. that okay. was a very good way. Look, of even Tia proud of you. Okay. Yes, yes. because in the live it was way good. more. It was way more aggressive. It was, I, you cleaned it, it up. You cleaned it up. He, yeah, he. You know, that's that. That's that. He's <laughs> he softened up in his fatherhood. He was basically saying that people were ugly. Yeah. <laughs> Manny, you well. He's like now. Um, wait, y'all are we, not attractive. That's why you're saying ugly. Hold on, hold on. We, we got questions. I we didn't got, say ugly. You didn't say ugly. I'm, I'm kidding. He didn't. But we have a question. Uh, one of our Patreon members says, "Should we as singles rip up our list?" Yes. Really? Yeah, yeah 100%. Babe, you're the proof of that, actually. You're the person I use when I talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> because you, you didn't want to get married. You didn't have this, like, dream in your head, I'm going to get married to this kind of guy, and this is, you know. But then you met me, mm-hmm. and you fell in love with me. Mm-hmm. And falling in love with me made you want to be married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually think that's a way more healthy Absolutely. way to go about marriage. Here's why I think. Okay. You should also have a list. Okay. While, while doing what you're saying. Because. This is good. I think a list keeps you choosing well. Okay. Because sometimes, what if I fell in love with somebody who was terrible and he, I, and I was like, oh, I want to marry him. You can fall in love wrong. I got nothing on my list. It's making a list assumes that you know what you need. Oh, yeah. that okay. is so, that is so, I'm going to okay. stop you right there because, <laughs> because that is something that I, that, I mean, it's kind of our story. Like, yeah, like if, if we're, we're completely honest with what we, our preferences were and to somebody else said, what about preferences? Well, my preference our was, preferences was my not preference each other. wasn't, it wasn't like she, mm-hmm. she technically is not my type. Yeah, technically Cam was not my type either. But here all. we are. Here we are thriving. I think she's the finest woman in the world. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like exactly. God gave me what I needed. And then you fell in this love with true. that. And I fell in love this with what true. I needed. Because preferences but you still chose, change. Though. But I, but I still chose because I knew what I needed was more important than anything that was on my list. Mm-hmm. Because I had dated stuff that was on my list. Damn, I had stupid stuff on my list, bro. <laughs> I think what's bro. important, I think what Tia is saying is important and what Manny is saying is important too. I think Tia, your your the list that you're thinking of may not be the same list that people have. The list that you're yeah. thinking of is like a list of um, mature things. Mm-hmm. Mo- a lot exactly. of people, I'm going to say most, a lot of people don't have mature things on their list. So I think right. it might be smarter for them to go back and check and see if right if the stuff on their list is shallow if it's just superficial if it's stuff that they just want or if it's actual things that could apply to a variety of different types of people but it's like based in wisdom and knowledge and understanding like if the list is you want somebody who loves god you want somebody who um you know treats you right and is nice to you and you know, is considerate. Yes. That's a good list. But some people list is very specific. Like I want somebody who's six one. They make yeah. $750,000 a year. His right arm got to be fully tatted. I, I mean, it'd be like that ring. specific. He got to have a nose ring I think it needs, with waves. And yeah. Yeah. He has a 401k. I have met he, these people. I, mean, I have met these people. Right. It, it can when, get to the extreme. Yeah. So I, I think one of the best pieces of advice that I gave someone 
who's married today. There's a girl, our good friends, the Limas. Um, they lead, they led a young adult movement up in the Northeast. And I remember as a guest speaker one time, I had to go to Target. Anyway, some of the girls from the young adult ministry were at Target. And there was a girl with a daughter. And she was like, let me ask you this question. And she started telling me her list of like what she wanted in a dude. And then she was like, but there's this dude named whatever, whatever, who wants to go on a date with me. And I was like, wait, tell me about him. Before you tell me about this list, tell me about the dude who's interested in you. Yeah. How, because who cares what's on this list? There's a, a live human being who wants to go on a date with you. Also, we make dating so end of the world as Christians. <laughs> And I Everyone's go, well, because be they go, in, they go into dating like this is a potential spouse. And so then that's all they're looking at is my potential spouse. You're my potential spouse. Yeah. And it's like you, that's why I said they take the, you take the fun out of getting to know that person 100%. and building a relationship with them. When you're all you're thinking is future, like this is a, yeah. I need to start building a future with this person. But we've been taught that that's being intentional, Vicky. Yeah. We've, we've <laughs> the been word wrong. that people use for that is I'm just being intentional. And I love to say this. How about this? Let's be intentional, but let's just change the intentions. What is the intention of dating? Let's talk about what's the purpose of it. What's the point of dating? Okay. I would contend that the point of dating is to learn yourself. Okay. Therefore, even if a relationship doesn't make it to marriage, it was still a success because you learned about you. If you think that you're dating other people, you're wrong. You're dating yourself. And every single person you date is actually a reflection on who you actually are as a person and what you need, what you want, and delineating between the difference between what you need and what you want. I actually think dating in our current culture, we should be good at dating. I mean, Christians should be good at just being social and getting to know people and dating but we want every date to be ordained by God because it's going to lead to marriage. Right. We want a shortcut. Right. We want we want a shortcut. We don't really want to do the work. And if you don't want to do the work as a single person, you're screwed <laughs> because marriage is work. Duh. It is so much work. What? Yes. That's like saying I'm a lazy employee, but I'm going to be a good entrepreneur. No, you ain't. Mm. I work more now. As a self-employed person Absolutely. than I ever did when I was employed. Are you kidding me? So We're working right now and it's eight o'clock. Most people are off <laughs> yeah, work right now. You know what I'm saying? I work nonstop. So if you're, if you want shortcuts as a single person, I go, uh, marriage ain't a shortcut thing. It ain't, it ain't the kind of thing that's built for people who like shortcuts. Nope. The work that it took. To find out that we were right for each other is the work that it takes now to stay in love with each yes. other. Yes, absolutely. And, it yes. doesn't stop. That's the thing. A relationship going. Yes. It doesn't stop. Yep. Ooh. Okay. Am I ruffling feathers too much? Am I still no, okay? No, no, this you're is doing good. great, man. All, the, all the comments are good. I'm actually you're really proud great. of you because <laughs> this is not nearly as bad as your rants on Instagram. So I'm very yeah. proud. Okay. You know, on Instagram, I got to get the views. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got to be gotta provocative. Help. The algorithm got to work going. in my gotta, favor. Got to get the people going. Yeah. I got to get, get the people, people going. going. So can I bring this full circle a little bit? Bring it bring full, circle. full circle. Bring it home. Me and Cam, when we started the conversation, you were saying how, like, even just in our friendship that I've been very open-handed in terms of introducing you to people or 
helping any door be opened or whatever. Like that's just living in an open-handed life. I think that the same, so I would describe those as a scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset. And I would actually say to anyone who's single, anyone who's watching this, that the biggest piece of advice that I could actually give you is to begin to operating from an abundance mindset and not a scarcity mindset. Now, a scarcity mindset goes into a relationship asking this question, what can I get? So I lack love. I need love. I lack confidence. Give me compliments. I lack you know, self-esteem or whatever, whatever it is that I lack, I'm now looking to this person to meet that need. What that ultimately does is it turns that person into an idol. That's what it's going to do. That person now becomes your source of confidence or your source of peace or your source of joy. Um, And the reality is this, that idolatry is inherently polytheistic idolatry is not designed for monogamy or monotheism. So when you worship an idol, you'll switch the idol. If a new idol meets your needs better. Well, well, okay. So if you come into a relationship with a, what can I get? I need self-esteem. I need peace. Oh, you're my best. It makes you needy. Number one, which makes you less desirable, but it also makes you, Unfaithful, inherently unfaithful, because you're essentially going to fall in love, not with that person, but with the role that that person plays and what they provide for you. Wow. I think that the opposite is how God does relationships. God says, I already have love. I have so much love. I've got some left over and I want to give it to humans. I've got so much joy. I've got extra and I want to give it to humans. There's so much love, peace, joy within the Trinity, within the triune God that we love and serve, that God then says, out of the overflow of my self-sufficiency, I now have it to give. I think that a lot of us have to ask the question, do I have it to give? Not do I need it from another person. You can fill in the blank on whatever that it is. But do I have it to give? Do I have attention to give another person? Do I have resources to give another person? Right now, am I living at a deficiency or am I living at abundance? When you're living at abundance, you can actually form a partnership. You can be a power couple with someone. You, you're, not, you're not choosing based on your hunger and your needs. You're choosing based on you wanting to Meet the needs of another person, actually. And marriage works when Tia's looking out for my needs and I'm looking out for her needs. Yes. Marriage does not work when I'm looking out for my needs and Tia's looking out for Tia's needs. Yes. Marriage works when both people are cognizant of the other person's needs and they have it to give. The biggest question you have to ask is, what do I need to do from now up until the moment I want to get married where I begin to have it to need. Cam, if I were desperate for speaking engagements, I wouldn't have it to give. I I wouldn't be so easily pulling out my phone like, yeah, man, you need to know this person, this person, this person. But because it starts out as a mindset, but then it's a reality. Like there's just an abundance. Like I have an abundance in my life. This is why friends kind of have to be for a certain extent equals, right? It's very hard to have a 
peer relationship with someone that's trying to be on your level. It, it's why our friendship actually works is because neither of us feels like, oh, you're taking advantage of me or I'm taking advantage of you. It's yeah. both people yeah. aren't looking for what they can get. They're looking for what they can give. And that is the basis of a phenomenal dating relationship, a, a phenomenal marriage, a great friendship. Absolutely. And both people have enough. They have their needs met. And they're like, man, I want to give something away. I want to meet your needs. How can I help you? Man, and I meet so many people. And this is where I think the list comes in. They have a list of what they want. They don't have a list of what they have to give, what they have to offer. And I think the better list is what, what do I have in abundance? If you need a woman to make you secure, make you feel like a man, you operate at a deficit and she'll never be able to live up to that. You're always, you're always going to be disappointed. Operating out of deficits. So operating out of deficits, not, not just in mindsets, but also in reality. Mm -hmm. Like it's both. It's It's both. both. The mindset has to change first though, for you to actually get out of whatever deficit you may be in, in life. Right. But I think that that is, that's good, Pastor Manny. That's Come on, good. Tia. I'm getting a lot of love from Tia today. <laughs> <laughs> we love to see it. We do. We, we love do. to see it. I love that because it just reinforces what we've been preaching this whole podcast. The everything is we mentality. It's not coming into this relationship asking what can you do for me? What can we do for each other? It goes back to the whole yeah. equally yoked thing. You can't mm-hmm. get into a relationship with somebody wanting them to hold you up all the time. That's not fair. Yeah. Not at all. That's selfish. And we have a lot of people who are taught to be selfish. Our culture, society teaches people to be selfish. Yes. And to get what they want. And then two people trying to do that, that's never going to work. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. That's good. That can segue into a whole other convo. There's so many layers to that because it it can go like, because even in the black community, we have this crabs in a barrel mentality. Mm -hmm. Very bad. Yes. And, you know, that I think that's why Cam was so like shook by Manny even wanting to share his contacts and his information because most people, most black men are not going to do that because that's of the scarcity mentality. We've been taught that black men are in jail and can't be successful. So if you are a successful yeah. black man, then you got to work 10 times harder than everybody else. And you can't tell nobody how you got there. Yeah. And if you do, you charge them five hundred dollars for a course. Right. Yeah. To continue. Or to, they're only gonna let a certain amount of us in. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. So and then it yeah. becomes There's a fraternity a, or a oh, secret society. Yeah. And yeah. You can't, I, I love something that Grant said at the summit, and he was like, "Don't don't come here and try to network the room." Yeah. He was like, "Really try to build, build a covenant relationship. relationships with mm-hmm. the yeah. people." Yes. And that's what I think many of us have to do more of mm-hmm. is. Relationship. Like, don't try to get connected to me so you so I can put you on. Yep. Like, get, get connected, connected to Cam because you have something to offer him. Yeah, because you have because you have something to offer. Not because what they can you have you. something to offer. Yes. Keep the, the the Bible says the world of the generous get larger and larger, mm-hmm. and the world of the of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. So the more you give, the more you build a reputation as an open-handed person, as a generous person, 
Your abundance starts in in your mind before it ever starts in your pockets or in your bank account. It starts with your belief, who, what you think. So, ah, oh, I hate, I hate Vicky that we can be that way. Yeah, you know, as a culture, right? Mm-hmm. White people just be giving information out. Yep, they really do. Boom. It's so, it's so, it makes me so sad sometimes because, especially being an influencer and seeing how the influencing world works and how we make money and brands reach out to us and stuff. It's like white people are so far ahead and it's not just because they're white. It's because they actually support one another. Like in their comments, you see all the people with check marks commenting and it's like, Oh, they're verified. They're verified. They're verified. And it's like, they all lift each other up and bring each other up together. And then here we, it's like the three or four black people that do that. But then the rest (laughs) of us, it's like crabs in a barrel. Like I'm gonna get this deal. I'm not telling nobody else how much I made. I'm not telling nobody else about them i'm not putting them on or because they might take it and and it's like y'all we gotta learn how to lift each other up man we can't do this to each other we're not gonna get anywhere not especially as christians in the christian community we should be absolutely putting each other on and helping each other out and not looking to i don't know like this is mine can't nobody else have it like what Abundance mindset. Abundance. Abundance really blessed me. Like I'm over here, like shook. Because that's faith. That's what faith is. Yeah. Believing that. Okay. Even if I do give away this opportunity to somebody, I'm gonna get one back because that's what sowing and that's how sowing and reaping reaping works. We serve an abundant God. We. There's always more. Yeah. Like how how dare we like limit him to our experiences? That's very true, and I think that's very helpful too for single people because. It's like, especially as Christian singles, I feel like people get, they have the scarcity mindset like, oh, there's no Christian men out here that it's, it's that you got the last one. I, I can't tell you how many times people tell me that, oh, you found the last, you got a diamond in the rough. You, you just found, I mean, they don't even exist. They're not out there. They don't. And it's like, okay, you keep thinking that you ain't going to find nobody. Because of the way you think. Yeah. Because of the way you think. Job said, what I fear the most has come upon me. Your fears attract calamity. Yep. Mm. Yep. You say there are there are no men out here. There are no women out here. Those words, you've now released those words. You spoke it. And you spoke that into existence. So, of course, you're not going to find anything. Yep. You have to begin to declare, my, I'm going to pray for my spouse every day. I know, that, I know that my spouse is alive and well and kicking. When Even when we were believing God for this little kid, remember one time the Lord just saying, number one, I want you to have kids more than you want kids. That's number one. Number two, number two, I've already picked out your son's friends. So I need him to be born the time I need him to be born. Yep. Let's think about this with Ooh, a, yep, Elizabeth. Yep. I, I literally. Go ahead. Go ahead. We Elizabeth and Zechariah. Elizabeth and Zechariah. They wait their whole life to get pregnant. They finally I preached get on this. I you said I preached on this. Me. You, you, you we've and both preached on this. And yeah, I remember this. I in the revelation is this. Had Elizabeth and Zechariah gotten pregnant any sooner, John the Baptist would not have been available to prepare the way for Jesus. Yeah. Mm. Divine connections. Divine he connections. He would not have been alive to be the forerunner for Jesus. And I begin to say, I don't know who said this first, babe, me or you. Probably you. That they were not barren. Elizabeth's womb was just reserved. Reserved. Yeah, that was that you. I literally, you, it's so crazy because I was literally thinking this the other day. I'm like, you know, we're born for the time we're needed most. 
Yeah. There's a specific reason why y'all had your baby when you did, why we will have children when we do, because it's reserved for a specific time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's so true. And what you said about, um, I was thinking about that the other day too, about how God wants wants us to have children more than we do, at least Mm -hmm. me anyway. Because I was thinking about this the other day because I'm like, it's not that I don't like children, but I don't like children. (laughs) Um, And I'm just like, it's so weird to me that this is such a struggle for me. And I'm genuinely like hurt about this, but I also don't even really, it's not that I don't even really want them that bad. So why am I so, (laughs) why do I feel like I really have to do this? Because you know, some people are like, well, I don't want children, but I really believe that God wants us to want the things that yeah. we want like yeah. God wants. And this, this also to me, it debunks the myth. I don't think it's a, well, maybe it's not a myth. Maybe this is just how I feel. This is how I feel. I believe that I don't believe that God wants specific people to be single. Like not in this day and age, you know how hard that would be. Like, I don't think God gives us desires and then puts us out in the world to be tempted or to be like, to want the things that we can't have if he didn't want us to have it. Does I don't think sense? God teases people. Yeah, he doesn't tease people. So I don't. So when people say, "Well, I've been single for this long," maybe God just wants me to be single. No, because you want to be married. If you want, no, to be that married, means no one has chosen you. That means right, and that's what I'm saying. Like I, I feel that's like all we, that means. We sometimes get that negative mindset because we don't have something yet. But it's like you have to look at it like God wants this for a specific reason. He wants you to have it at a specific time. So just wait to catch up to what He's already doing in the future somewhere because yeah. it's already happened in the future somewhere. You just have to like catch up to God, and then you'll realize, oh. Because God has the bird's eye view. So he knows why it's going to happen at this time. So you just have to have faith for that time to happen. Now, if you get ahead of God and start doing stuff yourself and mess it up, that's on you. But, you know. Um, <laughs> Vicky, we're, we're similar in this one. Yeah. I, I think that Tia wanted children, like, like innately. Yes. More than me. I'm an only child. My, our pastor's wife, like, I mean, she fussed me out. Because <laughs> I was like, I mean, you know. If it don't I happen, like having Tia to myself right now. And she was like, are you crazy? Like, are, I mean, she really fussed me. She went up one side of me and down the other. <laughs> and I remember the Lord saying this, your children will bring about your sanctification in a way that you guys being a childless couple will never bring about your sanctification. And I remember the Lord fussing at me like right now you're selfish. Your children will get you to be unselfish. Right now you're this. Right now you're this. Right now. I want you to have kids way more than you want them for a totally different reason because yeah. I'm going to change you. Yeah. I'm going to use Absolutely. children to change you. Absolutely. And I remember being like, let me shut up, man. Yo, let- <laughs> that is that is me to the T. Listen, that let was me, me stop talking. six, seven months ago. Like, let me just shut up because... I'm over here complaining and just mad. Like, God, I don't even really want that bad. Like, why are you doing this to me? Like, <laughs> sit down. Just just sit down because I'm trying to do yeah. something in you and you're not letting me because you want to be mad about something you don't even. Yeah. Anyway. I think for couples that struggle with infertility, it's almost like, you know, for, for anyone who doesn't struggle with infertility, they get a mother's or father's heart once their kids are born or once they get pregnant. I think if you struggle with infertility, you start to develop a father's heart and a mother's heart way before, before pregnancy happens. Yep. And that can, that's, that's not intuitive. Yeah. That's not intuitive for right. most people, even if they aren't kids, people, even if they don't really like kids or whatever, the moment they see their own kid, all that changes. Yeah. But for people who are struggling with infertility, I remember that having a change in me like a year before yeah. 
Yeah. Almost two years before, like, we got pregnant. And that is not... Yo, like, for people who didn't struggle with infertility, you had a whole little baby with a smile and <laughs> and yeah. giggling to make your heart change. And my heart had to change just based on faith. Absolutely. And that can be very hard. But Theo's fussing. <laughs> He's like, okay, y'all didn't have me in the studio. <laughs> right. Like, wrap it up. <laughs> Look, hey. <laughs> Long Listen, enough, we don't want to, we, we want to, <laughs> I always want to be very respectful of people's time. We've been all here this uh, is, yeah. over you know, the, the time that I asked uh, your lovely assistant to. Isn't Jordan amazing? Amazing. Shout out to you, Jordan. Um, this was just, this was so refreshing. This was so life-giving, pun intended. Um, <laughs> You're funny. This was this was like, like this was this was ministry, like straight up. Absolutely. Like yeah. I like, in a lot of senses, I sometimes I don't realize that we're actually doing ministry until like people say it. But like, this this is another episode in the episode we did about infertility, like where I really feel like it's like ministry, mm-hmm. like absolutely like something good. Is gonna like grow from this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to thank you guys for. Yes, thank you. Appreciate it coming on here, man. We got Tia to you know. I know, even though she don't like talking about relationships, and, and <laughs> we got. I mean, I kind of didn't. You did it, but you was <laughs> but here. Manny did a good you job. You got the so woman I'm of good. God to come out the house. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> We got to see Theo live with, with little old us, man. It's just, this is great. Um, Theo is just having a blast over here, laughing and giggling at me. And say something. Say something, buddy. You want to say something? Theo, what's the Lord put on your heart? He's like, this he's heavy like, breathing is taking. <laughs> <laughs> Coming out, I'll, I'll close with this. Coming out of the space that we were in two years ago, where. We got invited to another baby shower, and that was the first time I was like, I'm not going. I knew that I needed to. I was like, okay, let me let me pray. I talked to my dad about it. He was like, yeah, man, you know, you got you to gotta pray about that. And now, like literally after that conversation, end of 2019, coming into 2020, we meet you guys. Literally, this is three couples. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying this is our route. I don't know. I don't know what God going to do, but literally three couples mm-hmm. that have all done IVF <laughs> because they've been dealing with the battle of infertility. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what God going to do. Um, I have prepared in my heart. I got, if you, when you, if you say the word, if this is our route, Cool. We're doing what we need to do with our holistic doctor to do stuff the right, you know, uh, uh, right. take care of our actual bodies, make yes. sure, you know, I think my adrenaline well, was absolutely. killing my testosterone, mm-hmm. things of that sort. So, like, when I talked about it could be the man, like, you know, I had some, I got some issues too. Yeah. Um, but just us seeing the fruitfulness and the faithfulness of God through how God has blessed you guys with you guys' little miracle, it's, it's an encouragement to me. It's a blessing. Like you're like you're literally Not just us. Everybody that's listening. All yeah. The the, all the people that are gonna watch, yeah. all the yeah. 
I just did. I just didn't know. I got so many comments from men. Mm-hmm. Typically, you know, people watch what we do because Vicky has a large following. It's so like eighty percent women. It's that like watch. it's just like the black church. Yeah, eighty percent women. Eighty percent women. And when I was seeing so many men and even people that I know that I didn't know they were going through that, that were like sending me private messages. It's like, like you're legit. Once again, the clip that freaking Jonathan McReynolds and Mally music used in one of their promotional videos. You're not alone. Yep. Like, and I feel like God is like literally like punching me upside the head. Like you are not alone. Are you not in this alone? alone. You're not the only one that is going through or has gone through the fight. Like I'm showing you people that, I mean, even Mike Todd talked about family, friends and fighters. Like I, we got fighters with us. Mm-hmm. I know Tia sure. might fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> got them hands. You know what I'm saying? Like we have fighters and God is being super gracious and constantly reminding Cam, like you got fighters with you. Yep. And yeah. So I just you do. I just wanted to thank you guys um, for you know coming into our lives when you did, and we we definitely making our trip up there because Kayla kind of rubbed it in. She was like, "Wait, so I met you guys before Manny and Tia?" <laughs> she oh did. man, we need. I really wish we were at that national. I got invited, but then we were. I think I was in Brazil. Yeah. Anyway, I'm Coming bummed. Or- I'm bummed. It's fine. But it's fine. It's fine. Cam, while you were talking, I just. We'll be able remembered, to. you know, God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yes. He works in generations. Yes. And, and he, and yeah, man, I don't know. I, when I think about, you know, you um, carrying the legacy of your dad, I just think, I just, I just don't believe it's going to stop with you. Yeah. And I think that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, My dad too. And, Jesus. Yeah. Heavy. Who's the reason I don't listen to didn't listen to secular music? As a teenager, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. The day I found this out, oh my made, god, I made Here this connection. Go. I lost it. But anyway, all right, okay, you're not okay. the only one that lost it. But you're not yeah. the only one. But yes. So hey, once again, you got us. The Arangos are fighting with you. We love you. Thank y'all, man. Appreciate we, it. Arango Tango in the building. Uh, shout out to our Patreon members that are here. I want to shout you guys out. Thank y'all for joining. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, for the support that you guys continually show. Love you guys so much. Thank you again and again. I can't. Tia, any final words you, you want to say? <laughs> Go ahead, first lady. No. No. <laughs> no. I'm I'm with her on that. Please do not. I'll be doing Vicky the same. Like, Come on, babe. Give us a word. Give us just one Oh, last. my God. <laughs> I only talk when I have something to say, so. That's me. Nope. Please don't ask me to welcome the visitors. I'm, I don't want to. Thank you. Period. We're but, going uh, home. All right. Amen. We love you guys, though. Thank you. We for love having you guys a lot. Absolutely, we've learned a lot from y'all, and uh, thanks for letting us contribute to the convo. Absolutely. Hey, guys, it's been real once again. Hey, follow us on every platform yes. possible. All right. Be sure to follow Manny and Tia. Manny and Tia, where can they reach you guys? We'll put it in the description box, but we want you guys to say, where can they find y'all? Instagram is where I be at. At Manny Arango. At, at Manny Arango. At Tia C Arango. Mm-hmm. TSC Arango and Arma courses. I plug Arma courses all the time. All the time. Anytime somebody asks me anything about Bible stuff, I'd be like, "Y'all just follow Arma, Arma courses. They gonna mm-hmm. they gonna break that down way better than I would." Um, so yes, if you ever wanted to know anything about what the Bible says and how to break it down in a way that makes sense to you, check out Arma courses, y'all. 
I'm telling you, it will literally change your life. Absolutely. I was on the drive. I'm going to say this, and I, I'm, I'm long with it. Don't belabor the time. I'm going to say this. Preachers have five choices. It's fine. I was on the driving range, and I was by myself, and I had my headphones. It's like, man, I need to be better at at consuming the word. Like, I had slacked on my armor courses, I'm confessing. And so I had armor courses going, the, the segment on homosexuality. And I was like, bruh. Crazy, right? Mm, bruh. So we always, we always plug yeah. armor courses because as we get fed, we want other people to be fed too. Absolutely. Uh, and we also want Theo to be fed. So go ahead, get that subscription. <laughs> yo, yes, yo. Feed the, feed the wife Look, and children. <laughs> the more subscribers, the less traveling. And the that, more that I is, to, come on. Hey, come on. Come on. That Listen, is real. His, his first ministry is at home. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Come on! Don't make me turn on the hoop triggers. Oh, no, we don't have time. We don't have time. We don't have time. We don't have time. Thank you guys. Don't for tell me in. you have click tracks like on your road procast. I haven't the put them in. I have them on my phone though. I haven't put them in. That's hilarious though. Oh my goodness! <sighs> Once again, hey, thank you guys so much. Listen, hit us up on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Y'all know YouTube fam. Y'all be going crazy. We appreciate you guys. Uh, and if you want to be a Patreon member, hit the link in the description box to join the Patreon fam. There's few of them. Oh, but the Bible says one can chase a thousand. I'm not going to do that. Two or three are gathered. Okay, again. amen. Thank you guys for watching. We love you. Bye. <laughs> Peace. Bye. Bye. <laughs>